1: Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
2: Tonight, there are a number of big headlines as we come on the air. Mike Pence calls Donald Trump's election claims un-American. And there's that brutal winter storm that won't let up, still hitting tens of millions of Americans. Drivers in Texas stranded for nearly 17 hours in frigid temperatures because of icy roads. Freezing rain and sleet in places like New York and Boston make that evening commute dangerous. Breaking news, Mike Pence rebukes Donald Trump.
3: President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election.
2: Tonight, the fracture in the Republican Party. American troops arrive as the Russian buildup continues near Ukraine. The new intelligence tonight as Vladimir Putin shows up in China and pledges no limits to the Chinese-Russian relationship. Disturbing new body cam video, why parents of a 22-year-old Minneapolis man claim police, quote, executed their son. COVID cases falling. The good news tonight after the Omicron spike. Deadly consumer alert. If you have bagged salad in your fridge, you'll want to hear the new details about a listeria threat. Let the Games begin the first events of the Winter Olympics in China. And on the road with a fairy tale friendship that's still going strong.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We have a lot of news to bring you, including some breaking news that people in politics thought they might never see. Former Vice President Mike Pence forcefully going after his former boss, President Donald Trump. Pence rejected Trump's false claim about the 2020 election, saying he had no right to change the outcome of our election. We'll get to that big story in just a moment. But first, the major winter storm that has battered most of the country this week is now bearing down on the East Coast. Nearly 300,000 homes and businesses remain without power tonight as heavy snow knocked down tree limbs and power lines from Texas to Ohio. Parts of Pennsylvania, New York, and New England got more than a foot of snow, while icy roads remain the biggest problem for thousands of travelers. And temperatures are dropping fast for nearly a third of the country. More than 100 million Americans will see temperatures in the teens or below by Saturday morning. Well, CBS's Nancy Chen starts us off tonight from Morristown, New Jersey. Good evening, Nancy.
5: Nora, good evening to you. The concern as this rain comes down is that it'll ice over, creating slick and dangerous roads. The same system has already brought deadly conditions across half the country, with millions more still in its path. Traffic grinding to a halt on Interstate 10 after slick and icy roads caused two tractor trailers to jackknife near Kerrville, Texas, killing one person. Drivers were left stranded in frigid temperatures, including Danielle DeGrandis and her friends. They rode out the cold in a U-Haul, but they're slowly moving again. We haven't eaten in 24 hours. We haven't had water in just about that <laughs> same amount of time and uh our families are freaking out to the north freezing rain and sleet turned into ice cbs correspondent omar Riafranca.
4: here in north texas the main roads and highways have been treated but it's side streets like this with the slush and the ice that are still tricky to navigate and all of this is going to refreeze tonight when the temperatures dip back into the teens
5: the massive winter storm stretches from Texas to Maine. The weather is blamed for one death in Tennessee and another in Oklahoma. The National Weather Service confirmed two tornadoes struck Alabama Thursday, including an EF2 that killed one woman and seriously injured three others. A buildup of ice brought down tree limbs and electrical lines. Nearly 300,000 homes and businesses are without power tonight.
4: We're having to charge our mobile phones and the cars, so we're having to go and warm up in our
5: vehicles. As the storm moves through the Northeast, Massachusetts State Police say they've already responded to more than 200 crashes. In New Hampshire, a box truck ran off a snow-covered road on I-93, and in New Jersey, salt trucks were out in full force, trying to prevent black ice.
3: We got our snow reps
0: driving up and down the road, you know, making sure everything was clear.
5: The storm is also wreaking havoc on air travel. Nearly 4,000 flights have been canceled in the U.S. today, on top of the 5,000 yesterday. Nora.
2: Nancy Chen, thank you. Let's turn now to that breaking news. There are few Republicans that are willing to publicly take on Donald Trump. But today, for the first time, former Vice President Mike Pence criticized his boss for trying to overturn the 2020 election. CBS's Catherine Harridge has more on a remarkable day within the GOP.
6: In searing comments about the January 6th riots, the former vice president took on his old boss.
3: President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. Addressing a conservative
6: conference in Florida, the public rebuke seemed especially
3: striking. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more un American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president.
6: The eyes have it. In a vote that seems to symbolize a divide among Republicans, the RNC to date censured Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney for serving on the January 6th committee, calling it a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. In response, Cheney tweeted video from January 6th writing, This is not legitimate political discourse. More than 225 people have been charged for assaulting law enforcement. Three weeks before the Capitol attack, emails and draft orders obtained by CBS News show President Trump's outside advisors considered authorizing the Secretary of Homeland Security to seize all machines. Another draft order looked to grant similar powers to the defense secretary. Emails indicate the draft orders were circulated by a former Army Colonel Phil Waldron to a small group, including Rudy Giuliani, former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick, and Trump's former National Security Advisor General Michael Flynn, who said this at the time about the president's options.
5: He could immediately, on his order, seize every single one of these machines around the country on his order.
6: And in that speech today, Pence took direct aim at President Trump saying January 6th was a dark day. And Pence seemed to telegraph his own political ambitions, adding that Vice President Harris will also have no authority to overturn the 2024 election when Pence said Republicans would win. Nora.
2: Just extraordinary. Catherine, thank You're you. Welcome.
6: Well, the first of thousands of U.S.
2: troops have now arrived in Poland and Germany to support NATO amid amid fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. And now we're learning that Vladimir Putin has 110,000 troops amassed on the border. CBS's David Martin has new reporting on when the Russian president might make his move.
3: Russia now has 70 percent of the forces in place to mount a full-scale invasion of Ukraine that would be the largest war in Europe since World War II. U.S. officials still do not believe Vladimir Putin has made a final decision to unleash the massive armies gathering around Ukraine. But if he does, it will likely be after the ground freezes in mid-February and after the Beijing Olympics end on February 20th. Putin was in Beijing today where he and President Xi issued a joint statement supporting one of Putin's key demands, an end to NATO expansion. And accusing the U.S. of a Cold War mentality, which drew this reaction from the Pentagon.
5: If anybody's guilty of a Cold War mentality right now, it's China and Russia, not the West, not the United States. And if anybody's the aggressor right now in Europe, it's Russia. They're the ones with over 100,000 troops uh, aligned against the other border with Ukraine.
3: A full-scale invasion would likely begin with airstrikes and long-range artillery barrages, followed by airborne and armored advances on several fronts, to isolate the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv, along with other key cities like Kharkov and Odessa, within days. An offensive in the east of Ukraine would pin down half the Ukrainian military, which could suffer up to 25,000 casualties. Civilian casualties could go as high as 100,000, along with up to 5 million refugees. The Russian military could take up to 10,000 casualties. As if the stakes weren't high enough, Putin has rescheduled a longstanding nuclear exercise usually held in the fall for later this month. The last time he rescheduled this exercise was in 2014 when he invaded Crimea. Nora?
2: Just stunning. David Martin with all those new details. Thank you. Turning now to the economy, the Labor Department's monthly jobs report was better than expected with 467,000 jobs added in January. The strong numbers come despite last month's Omicron surge that saw 3.6 million workers out sick, sick rather the highest amount since the start of the pandemic. Some good news on the COVID front. The Omicron spread is slowing and new cases are falling in 49 of 50 states. The only state that's actually still seeing an increase is Alabama. But in the rest of the country, cases are down nearly 30 percent. But with that positive development comes some sad news. The death toll in the U.S. just passed 900,000 fatalities. And unfortunately, the number of people dying every day is increasing. All right, in Minneapolis tonight, there are calls for justice after a police SWAT team officer shot and killed a 22-year-old black man, during a no-knock warrant raid on the apartment where he was staying. Tensions have been high in the city since the police killing of George Floyd, and with three former officers now on federal trial in that case. The governor is activating National Guard troops in case protests turn violent. Here's Jennifer Merrily of our CBS Minneapolis station, WCCO.
7: Amir Locke was asleep just before 7 a.m. Wednesday when a Minneapolis SWAT team entered the apartment with their guns drawn. In police body camera video, 22-year-old Locke is seen lying on the couch wrapped in a blanket. A gun is visible in Locke's hand just before officers opened fire, only about nine seconds after entering the apartment.
6: I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen too many times.
7: Today, Locke's parents are mourning their loss. I should be able to tell my son that I love you and he says I love you too. The use of no-knock warrants came under fire in 2020 following the shooting death of Breonna Taylor by police in Kentucky. That prompted Minnesota legislators to tighten restrictions on the tactic to, quote, limit the likelihood of bad outcomes. In the year since the policy change, Minneapolis police say the number of no-knock raids dropped to 90 from a previous average of nearly 140 a year. Locke was not listed on the original search warrant and has no known connection to the crime.
8: Both a no-knock and a knock search warrant were obtained so that the SWAT team could assess the circumstances and make the best possible decision about entry.
7: Locke has no criminal record, and his family says Locke had a permit for the gun seen in the video. He was executed by the MPD, and I want the police officer that murdered my son to be prosecuted and fired. Several warrants were issued for what we now know as a homicide investigation out of nearby St. Paul. We're told Minneapolis police insisted on a no-knock warrant in order to help St. Paul police. Tonight, the Minneapolis mayor ordered a stop on all no-knock warrants. Nora? Great reporting.
2: Jennifer Merrily, thank you. Let's turn now to China, where the Winter Olympics are underway in Beijing. Athletes from 91 countries took part in the shortened opening ceremony due to COVID. The pandemic and China's human rights abuses are getting as much attention as the athletes. CBS's Jamie Yukis is covering the Olympics for us in
8: Beijing. The ceremony was a spectacle unto itself, culminating in a massive fireworks display that turned Beijing's night sky into a glorious spectrum of color. But optics aside, the kickoff of the 24th Winter Olympiad was muted by politics and a pandemic that left the stadium less than half full. Two Chinese skiers lit the Olympic cauldron before a crowd without any American diplomats absent in a show of protest against China's record on human rights. Curling legend John Schuster and speed skater Brittany Bowe were flag bearers for Team USA. Bobsledder Alana Myers-Taylor, a first-generation American immigrant, had been chosen by her teammates for the honor, but was in a Chinese isolation hotel instead, having tested positive for COVID. We spoke to her before the ceremony. We've been on the road since November 10th and never came back to the U.S. for fear of catching COVID. So to get it here, it was pretty devastating. Finish it a little bit. COVID hangs heavily over these Olympics, with athletes fearing they are just one positive COVID test away from being barred from the games. Good choice here by Amanda Castle, But competition is underway, and already there is heartbreak. USA Women's Hockey, heavily favored to win a medal, defeated Finland in the preliminary round only to lose top forward Brianna Decker to injury. But in team figure skating, Nathan Chen led the Americans into first place today, two points ahead of the team from Russia after the first round. The first medals will be awarded today. Team USA cross-country superstar Jessie Diggins has her first race, while well, Team USA women's hockey will take on the Russian team without their star forward.
2: Tonight, the CDC is investigating Dole salad mixes after two deaths from listeria were linked to its packaged salads. The company issued recalls of several of its products in late December and early January. At least 17 people have gotten sick and 13 people were hospitalized in more than a dozen states. The CDC says if you've had these Dole salads in your fridge at the start of this year, you really need to clean it out now. A California Highway Patrol helicopter swooped down and rescued a couple and their dog who were stranded in a Sierra Nevada cabin and running out of supplies. They finally called the sheriff after being at the cabin for about two months trapped by deep snow and fallen trees. Okay, now to a story that's warmed a lot of hearts. A CBS News meteorologist at our Milwaukee affiliate WDJT delivered a special Pretty mommy perfect, and me right? forecast with her 13-week-old baby. That's little Fiona with her meteorologist mom, Rebecca Schold, warning about sub-zero temperatures. As one headline put it, the forecast was cloudy with a chance of cute. If you ever had any doubt that magic exists in the world, look no further than our next story. CBS's Steve Hartman makes a return to the fairy garden on the road.
4: Kelly Kenny was walking in her Los Angeles neighborhood one day when she came across a fairy garden. And while staring at these tree trunk trinkets, she felt an alter ego emerging.
5: On my walk back, I was brainstorming ideas of what my name was going to be. And
4: What do you mean what your name is going to be?
5: I just, my imagination just kind of took over and I just started thinking like, well, maybe if I left a note like as a fairy, that would be really fun to do.
4: And so, as we first reported about a year ago, Kelly did just that. Left a note for whoever built the garden. My name is Sapphire, she wrote. I'm one of the fairies who lives in this tree. The next day, a four-year-old girl named Eliana wrote back. The first exchange in what evolved into a remarkable friendship. Months of letters and presents and glitter galore. Glitter! They traded photos with one another and unlocked a world of wonder. Eliana's mom, Emily, Couldn't be more grateful. Can you believe the extent that she went to for all this?
5: Oh, we were constantly floored. Like, the gifts that she would give were just so personal and so kind. And we were just like, we don't even know you.
4: Eliana felt like the luckiest girl in the world. But what she wanted more than any present was to meet her new friend. And that's when Sapphire remembered that fairies can, on very rare occasion, turn human size. Which is how, one day, she appeared.
5: She turned around and saw me, and the way that she looked at me, um, just, I'll never forget that. Um, it was just really magical. So,
4: Since we first told this yeah. story, the magic has multiplied.
8: Hi, how are you?
4: Sapphire spread the word.
8: All of the fairies have been talking about it.
4: Other forest creatures reached out. And I'm an elf living in the Hawking Hills far to the east. Widening Eliana's wonder. But Kelly says even if you don't have wings you can still lift others.
5: I want people to believe that they don't have to be a fairy to give a little bit of magic to somebody else and it doesn't have to be a child either. That true love for 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 one another that that you know that's that's real.
4: Real as it gets. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road.
2: Sunday on Face the Nation, among Margaret Brennan's guests, Republican Senator Marco Rubio. And remember, if you can't watch the evening news live, you can set your DVR so you can watch us later. How about that? That's tonight's broadcast. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Hope you have a great weekend. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app